This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. And this guy's gone. All right. So we're recording. Okay. Hello. <laughs> After over a hundred episodes, welcome to our first travel episode. We're on the road, and by on the road, I mean in my childhood bedroom. <laughs> it is by far the creepiest place I've ever seen, even the second time around. Uh, my mother decided to give the tour today, which, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I demanded it, I think. I'm pretty sure she could sense my desperate need for it. And then on the way here, uh, Christine was already here, and then Eva and I... Uh, we're meeting her here and the car ride on the way here I was like Eva I cannot wait for you to experience (laughs) the weird beast that is Christine's 1865 house with several haunting beings in it my mom heard me say that it was built in 1891 on the episode and she called me and was furious and she's like it was built in 1865 and I was like okay it's older than you think and worse than you think (laughs) worse than you I'm kept going so what's the deal with that so what's the deal with that? My mom had a story for every stupid little, like, crack and hole and cranny and fireplace. That's all I want to... I just want to know all the things about cracks and holes. We, <laughs> As usual, I can never get you to stop talking. Very usual. Just love talking about those cracks and holes. I do love when Eva pulled up and goes, I really like your graveyard in-house. <laughs> they, they go together. I texted Christine when we were on our way, and Eva was like, can you let her know I'm excited to play in the graveyard? <laughs> Yeah, he did tell me that. And then we uh, we almost uh, recorded in the graveyard. I thought that would be a great... They have a little bench. The aesthetic sounds like a great idea, but it also just rained, so it's kind of wet and It's gross very out. moist. I know that's your favorite word. I love it. And, I uh, love when things are moist, especially cracks moist and holes. Moist cracks and holes. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, also had thought that, and then I was like, people might yell at us on Twitter for being disrespectful. But I'm, there's a little cute park. I take Geo and walks there. Oh, so sweet. Um, oh, and Christine did show us the tiny little window that Chris, that Gio likes to look out of when yes, he comes to visit. Yes, to watch the driveway. Anyway, we are in Cincinnati, and uh, we're sorry that the audio is probably not what you're used to, but this is our first time testing out some travel equipment. Yeah, we're in my bed, so if anything... We're in Christine's <laughs> bed talking about capsules. All right. Who knew we'd end up here when we <laughs> met way back in Boston? It's exactly where I was envisioning it to go. Our so. friendship really has evolved the way we'd have hoped. <laughs> also, it is... Uh, in my mind, because I'm dramatic, sweltering hot. In it here. is. And humid as hell. And then uh, Christine told me some interesting story about her parents having been on the news at some point, because this is the only house that does 
So they were the first house to do geothermal heating and cooling in Cincinnati, and they were on the local news. But my mom didn't tell me. And then like that night, I was like, watch. My mom was like watching TV, and then all of a sudden, she's like, "There we are!" And I was like, "What the?" <laughs> and they were like wandering around my house, and like, what on earth is geothermal again? It's like when they dig into the ground. I hope my mom doesn't listen to this again. She's gonna call me uh, <laughs> from downstairs. <laughs> yeah. They dig into the ground and use like the energy from the earth to uh, to power heating cooling it's like very eco-friendly but it's like very expensive up front but then it saves money over like decades yeah interesting anyway well it's, it's not working right now because i'm hot so. well we don't turn it on em that's the point because uh this is a very eco-friendly home i was not so raised to be so friendly we just melt my mom very uh con- very uh, proudly told us the paint from 1916 did not have lead in it so yeah so, at least there's that oh but then we did find a creepy closet in christine's room where there's like a dresser that's been left over from the past family that lived oh here. yeah yeah a lot of the furniture here and i was like what is that how old is that piece of furniture and your mom was like uh from the 50s definitely has lead in it <laughs> Wait, she said that? Yeah, I was like, fuck? that's where I keep my clothes. I was like, you're definitely breathing that in at night. Well, that's where we found cocaine in the in the lining of those drawers. Well, good. It's got a whole lot of different ingredients yeah. in that little dresser. I was saying there were 16 kids that lived in the family before us, Irish Catholic. Uh, and course, well, duh. duh. You didn't have to say that. I know. <laughs> Living on a Jewish cemetery, very interesting. Oh, um, well, hi, I'm. Yes, thank you. Right. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> this is... Me pretending to understand. <laughs> Shalom. Um, Shalom in the home. I haven't learned much since my... They haven't taught me much over there in the... In the Jewish cemetery? Yeah. Well, they're dead, so well, it's yeah. kind of hard for I, them to explain. I did bring my Ouija board over there, but then I had this really Christian friend who said he would never speak to me again, so I stopped doing that. Oh, I see. Also, it was probably a terrible idea, so... Well, Before yeah. all of you yell at me, I stopped doing it. Oh, good, good. good. Um, well, we did almost record there today, so, like, the ideas don't stop coming. <laughs> but we could have gone cool, like... Like uh, EMFs? No. Oh, we could have. What's, is that EMF? Yeah, an EMF yeah. detector. On the Zoom. Oh, that would have been way fun. What if we, what if we just took the Zoom from Eva and started using it as an EMF As a detector? spirit box? And she would just plug in the SD card and it would always be like, if you're here, say hello. And then <laughs> I'm screaming. A, we would love a signal to show where you are. <laughs> it would be just a screaming every five minutes. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> it would just be Renata crying out, this house is from 1865. Do you guys want to see another hole in, the, in a crack in the wall? <laughs> it's very moist in there. Anyway. Uh, so we are here because we're actually in the middle of doing our Ohio shows. Yes. We're in the middle of our little Ohio tour, main yep. tour. Uh, we were just in Columbus last night. That's right. And tonight, so as we're recording this, we have already finished our notes, right? Yep. For our tonight show in Cincinnati. Thank the Lord. Which is, by the way, if we weren't recording this episode right now, like if we weren't talking, right. I would easily have procrastinated last that, night. I know. I made and myself do it in advance. I was so nervous that I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we did our, for our once. notes in advance. <laughs> we for once prepared our notes. I was like, I know my dad is going to want to like... I don't know, attempt to take me golfing or something. So right. I need to prepare. So uh, And I did. And then tomorrow we're in Cleveland. Yes. Yes. And, and uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And yeah. then the day this comes out, we're flying home. Yes. So. Uh, oh, there's still tickets for Madison, which is in a few days of when this comes out. Okay. Wisconsin. Please come to Madison. Yeah, we'd love to. See. And that's that. And that's our last leg of our tour at, at all this spring. Well, we still have New York. But that, oh yeah, right, I guess that's true, but it'll be like the same, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, be yeah. on the same I trip. Oh yeah, yeah, I hear you, yeah. I hear you now. But, uh. You know, it's weird being, uh, it's weird talking into this equipment. I've never been this close to you recording Our faces are so close and I'm like, I probably haven't brushed I, my teeth since I like, drank coffee. Your, I didn't know what color your eyes were until <laughs> just now. What if we just hadn't ever looked at each other closely? 
I don't think we have. I'm really learning a lot about the features of your face. Oh right no, now. I haven't done my eyebrows. You have a birthmark on your cheek. I do. Yes. I didn't know that. I do. I have one dimple. I have a vampire birthmark. Oh, little, little double, little double birthmark. Yeah. Well, you just had to one up me. I get it. Yeah, I have two. Yeah, I have, I have two, one. You have two. Anyway, so we're learning about each other. You're learning about us, unfortunately. I learned that Christine's eyes are hazel about five seconds ago. Oh, what? My mom always told me when I listened to that Kelly, Kelly Clarkson song, I would always sing it like behind these hazel in, eyes in my room, and she'd be like, "Your eyes aren't even hazel. They look kind of hazel. Oh, they look very light brown." Well, she used to. She used to. Well. I'm not going to say She's that. She's going to scream at us about your eye color. She, to- she always tells my sister she has dirt eyes. Her eyes are dirt eyes. <laughs> She's like, they're not as beautiful as your sister's. I'm like, you used to say horrible things about my eyes. And now that my sister's little. It's like the color of poop. My sister will be like, are my eyes nice? And she's like, no, they look like dirt. Your sister has nice oh eyes. <laughs> Just kidding. She loves us And your sometimes. dirt eyes. Your weird dirt eyes. Yours are mud. Hers are dirt. Yeah, okay. there. See? Um, Behind so- these dirt eyes. <laughs> Um, I used to think that song was about me. Well, I'm here to confirm today that it is apparently. Thank you. Finally, hazel is your color. Finally. Um, so we are covering stories from live shows just purely because right. since we're uh, doing individual stories for each of the shows we're going right. to, we want to have to do another story on top of that because yeah. I know we do get a lot of questions. It seems like on every uh, Facebook Live or any um, Twitter feeds that we're on. Uh, we regularly get the question of how long does one story take? And it's pretty much like minimum six hours oh, to, prepare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to like research and prepare a story and get it all done. And so we didn't want to do an additional six hours of work while we're traveling. Because we have 10 shows in the next couple. So that's like already 60 hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so but these are stories that like we've done in past cities that like neither of us remember. So oh, yeah, true. and they're like a bit out older stories. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so, different cities. So if you were at one, then you can hear a new one from me and vice versa. Correct. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about 
an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure, you know, it'll work in your garden. Um, They have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac. And so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. So we, I am obviously going first because that's how this seems to be happening. (laughs) We're not switching things up that much today. Um, so mine is the story that I did in Charlotte, which was only a week or two ago, but I'm oh, telling yeah. you, I've already forgotten the story. I was like, I don't know what the hell story this is, but okay. Uh, that was the one where my uncle and my cousin were there and then, uh, yeah. Allison's brother was there with his girlfriend. So, and, uh, is this adulting was there? Is this adulting was there? So we've had it was fun. It was a big, uh, a whole bunch of people we knew were in the audience. Which surprised me because I'd never been to North Carolina, so. It was cool to like have you so been many. To the whole state? Nope. Oh wow. Oh wait, no. Myrtle Beach is in South Carolina. Yeah, correct. Outer cool. Banks is North Carolina. I had not been there. I have been there often as a Virginian. I was, I was not sporty <laughs> enough to do that. I, well, you don't have to be. That's the oh, fun good. of sitting on a beach. <laughs> so anyway, I am doing my Charlotte story. I've already forgotten it, even though we did it like maybe a week ago. I think. Fantastic. That means I definitely have forgotten it. Right. 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 We've just we're just covering so much ground these days. Look at us go. So my story is uh, the Biltmore Estate. Oh shit! I'm excited. I remember you told this, but I usually black out on stage. So yeah, we all we we always go backstage and then we ask Eva if we even performed yet. So <laughs> we really don't remember our stories. So we're like, did we talk? Did enough? people laugh at all? Did, did we say anything? Did we say full sentences? Did we go up there and just stare at you? My mom was like, I loved M's story last night, and I was like, what was it? Like fully not- unironically. Oh, that's, that's nice of her. Really? That's oh yeah. Nice. Um, she didn't like mine. Mine was dirt and oh, mud. <laughs> right. Uh, so mine's the Biltmore. I I know, and I think I said this on stage too, where I was like, I know people must know the Biltmore because even I've heard of the Biltmore. And right. I'm not from North Carolina. Same. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into that. Also, Great. the Biltmore sounds like a house that like someone in the Gilmore Girls should have lived oh, in. Oh, for the sure. Gilmore Girls, not Gossip Girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I knew what like, you meant. Like Blair yeah, Waldorf yeah. should have lived in the Biltmore. Just you know? very... Uh... It's, it's, uh, it sounds very preppy. Yes. Like, they only wear, like, chubbies there, you know? Oh, God. Love a good chubby, by the way. Jesus. Um, I tried to... Never mind. Let's hear it. I bought their bathing suit one time. because I, I bought their bathing suit one time. They were like, it's so flattering. And it looked terrible on me. I did not... Here's the thing. I love a good chubby on other people. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it is. I certainly can't rock I tried. It. it really didn't work. And they were really cute, but I had to, to return it. It was yep. very depressing. So, the Biltmore Estate is the largest privately owned home in the United States. Um, it's built by the Vanderbilt family, which is a very prominent family. Right. Um, super rich. I think they're actually the real Waldorfs. Um, right. The old school. The OG. The OG Waldorfs. So Blair Vanderbilt, maybe. <laughs> that actually sounds pretty on on, on the nose. <laughs> um, so it was built by the Vanderbilt family. They were prominent elites until the mid-1900s. So I think it was around the 1950s. That's when they stopped being sure. 
prominent like, elite socialites yes that's sort of like us prominent elite i mean that's what i call us for sure that's what my mother calls this house and it's like really oh, no, no. I, that i <laughs> we don't even pretend that i'm not gonna agree with entirely <laughs> I bet there are some prominent elites prominent. buried on the property, though. Oh, yeah. Probably their ghosts are still here. For sure, sure. With their muddy eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Be careful. <laughs> and so. Don't anger them. What the very first Vanderbilts to have all of the money in the world, it seems, because at the time they were some of the richest in, in the land. Right. Was Cornelius Vanderbilt. What a name. So he worked in the steamship and railroad businesses, which is where he got all of his money. Uh, except he was not well liked because he did not have manners. He, which, by the way, I don't either. So for prominent elite, I feel like that's pretty rare. You would th- maybe things were different back then, but if you're a prominent elite now, like if there's anything you know, it's manners. You have to like, at least pretend. I mean, I'm not saying I have manners, but I did at least go to Cotillion. It's instilled. <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's instilled in me. What's wrong with us? Uh, to have manners, I just choose not to use we them. We like chubbies and uh, cotillion and... <laughs> I like cotillion and manners and like Everyone's like, who are these people? This is not what they have. They seem like and, at all. And then I had my rebellion year where I went to clown college, so... Oh, my rebellion year was just like falling in love with the neighbor boy that broke into my house. <laughs> falling in love with boys with eyeliner was your rebellion. So, uh... uh as so, we lay under my Fallout Boy poster, by the way. <laughs> truly. Wow, we should start, like... Just doing more travel episodes. Yeah, this is a new setting. Just it's... describe the entire place. Because it's spicing it up. This is the first time we've never recorded in a studio. Yes. Wait, that's true, huh? Yeah. Ew, how weird. It is weird. I it's... didn't think it would be in my bedroom. Well, you know what's interesting? It's three different... Oh, hey, Eva, taking a picture of well, us. Well, she realizes about the Fallout Boy I poster. I saw her <laughs> eyes light up. <laughs> well, you know what's, you know what's interesting is... Uh, we also have only ever recorded in now three of your homes. Oh, yeah. Like, when Let's we go s- to my dad's later. My stepmom's on vacation. We oh, good. Break and then we should go to your like weird castle-like school where probably the Vanderbilts oh, went. Oh, and then we can go to Austria where my ski, my dad's You've my lived in too home many is. interesting places. <laughs> I just said where my ski home is. I need to, need to maybe delete it. that line. <laughs> this is terrible. You're wi- where you oh, winter. At my, where we winter. Uh, at uh, my second wedding, we can record there, and then it'll be a, another Almighty, one, another house. So he had no manners. He was uneducated. He cursed and spat a lot. He really does sound like me. Um, <laughs> oh boy! And he was also very disrespectful to women. That is not me. I uh, yeah. I I love a good woman. You spoke too soon. Cracks and holes. Cracks and holes. Oh no. <laughs> I'm sorry. See, I that, that's me having no manners, just like a Vanderbilt. Don't spit anywhere because I'm too close to you. Oh, and also just like a Vanderbilt, uh, him and I are both filthy, stinking rich. Just kidding. Oh, I thought filthy, stinking. I was like, yes. Yes, that, those, that part's those, true. Those two works. Not rich. only because my geothermal heating is, cooling is non. That's a, uh, I'll vision board the rich part later. <laughs> he also, this is a part that I do not identify with as a Vanderbilt. He married his cousin, so. Oh my! His cousin was 43 years younger than him. Oh my! And I don't know if this was with said cousin or if it was uh, with another woman, but he did have a son named William. Okay. So I don't know if he's a product of being with the cousin or a previous lover. Okay. Oh, because he was older at this point? <clears throat> right. Okay, got it. So Cornelius had William. And then uh, at, the time of his, at the time of his death, Cornelius actually had more money than the U.S. Treasury. Oh, my God. Can relate on that one. <laughs> that one, it... Spot on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and But he did think that his son, William, would be a failure. Well, that's not very nice. And uh, But then William proved his dad wrong and actually ended up doubling the family fortune. Shit! Which means that uh, he 
at the time then was making an, enough money that is now considered $300 billion. What? So he had, for his time, $300 billion. How can that even be possible? How can that possibly be legal? That's what I'm wondering. I feel like at some point the government's like, uh, no, that's You literally ours. have more than us. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, you kind of run the country. <laughs> I mean, it happened with our taxes. They just are like, that's ours now. LOL. Do you know, how much do you think their taxes were if they made $300 billion? $240 billion. Oh, probably. Sounds, <laughs> sounds right based on our taxes. <laughs> uh, so somehow it didn't take long for the family to actually spend all of that money. What? It took like only three generations. They only bought six continents. I don't know it's, how you would spend that you money. you buy a planet? Buy the planet. But truly, they like within like three generations, all the money was gone. Holy shit. So that means $100 billion per to person. To be honest, that's incredibly impressive. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of, you have to just look at everything and be like, one of each, 10 of each, 100 of each. And where do you even put it? Like truly just to get rid of the money, I guess. Yeah, jeez. So uh, William had many sons. Um, and the youngest was George, and George is the main character that I'm talking about today. Mm-hmm. So he is the grandchild of okay. Cornelius Vanderbilt. So he was born in 1862 in New York, and by his mid-20s, he had already inherited a cool $12 million from his family. Oh, geez. Um, in 1886, he visited Asheville, North Carolina, which is where this story is set, Um And he decided that he would build a vacation home there. One, because he probably had so much fucking money. And two, because he was like, Asheville's amazing, which it is. Which it is. Um, And it was a cool place to have a little. Oh, I love Asheville. So he decided that he wanted to build a mansion there. And it was so big, this building, that they actually, the blueprints, the original blueprints, they, they measured it in acres. Oh, like oh not, of, the, of the home. Yeah, like not in square feet. They were like, okay, so this is going to be like 9 by 11 acres. Oh my God. I was thinking the property, but like the actual house was in acres. That's crazy. Yeah. So when they had like an architect and designers working with it, they had to measure everything in acres. Got it. So in 1895, it was, if we're going off of square feet, it was around 180,000 square feet originally. Holy crap. Casual. With 250 rooms, including 35 bedrooms, 43 bathrooms, 65 fireplaces, three <laughs> kitchens, and a 12,000-foot carriage house. How many cracks and holes were there? Um, pr- zero. Probably zero. <laughs> zero to begin with. Zero. And then Renata moved in. And then, and then just like, and then this, well, first there was like 16 children that lived there in between. Right. Then Renata waited like 300 years and was like, now I'm happy here. <laughs> Now it feels safe and and broken in (laughs) like a nice pair of jeans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Line the dresser with cocaine and and lead and we'll just move right on in. For those of you who don't know, I feel like Christine and I talk about it often enough, but I don't know if it's ever been recorded. But before Christine moved into this house, uh, there was a family of 16 children, 13 boys and three girls. And on the third floor where somehow all of them managed to fit in like three bedrooms. Yeah. Uh, they pretty much Lord of the Flies took over the entire third floor, and then the parents were too old to climb up the stairs. So there's an elevator to the second floor, but it doesn't go to the third floor. So like the, an old school elevator, not like a fa- like right. a cool new fancy elevator. Like you might as well pull it with like a pulley system. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's, dumb waiter, but people. Size. My mom's like, it's safer than all elevators today. I was like, I don't know where you got that statistic. I guess that's, <laughs> I guess that's true. In that like worst case scenario, you fall like ten feet. Ten feet, but, <laughs> yeah, onto like some stuffed animals that my sister left out. But like truly, it's. It just looks like such chaos up here because the parents couldn't get up here to say, yeah. don't do it. Or, or clean it or anything. Or to even know what it looked they like. They also gave up because they had 13 sons and they just, honest to God, like the ceilings and walls are just like 
painted and drawn and like cigarette burns and it's really wild it just looks like you live in a house that hasn't totally figured itself out yes. yet like it's still in its own rebellion well phase. like my room's nice and done like my parents made sure my room was painted and clean and like but your room happens to be on the third but then floor. you walk out and it's like oh my i forgot <laughs> i forgot what happened out here <laughs> um so that's not what the, this the Biltmore looked like oh just okay so you know. what a surprise uh and then oh yeah so the my, my favorite part of that list was that it had 65 fireplaces. And I did text you the morning of, and I was like, why on earth would someone need <laughs> 65 fireplaces? And your response, though, was for 65 s'mores. So <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm forgot. very impressed. Yeah, it was at like four in the morning where we were both just kind of in our own little world. So. That was me frantically doing my notes. And then I just like spiraled out of control. <laughs> so the house also had an art gallery and a two-story library over 10,000 works. Oh, shit. Um, some of them were super priceless. So one of the books that was there was a first edition of Origin of the Species by Charles Darwin. Holy first edition. Like, first edition. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Like first print everything. That's pretty wild. So there were some pretty awesome things in that library. And George loved his library. Aww. In fact, he stayed there uh, whenever there was a storm coming in. He liked to watch the <laughs> storms. Oh, he watched them, not right. like hid from it. No, like he was watching the storms. Oh, that's kind of cool. From uh, from the library. And he also would hide there whenever his wife threw parties. Oh, see, I remembered hiding at some point. Yep. The parties are scarier than the thunderstorms. Yes. Okay, I see. <laughs> Socializing is scarier than rain. I yes. would agree with this, yes. And uh, his wife, Edith, was known to go find George <laughs> and chase him down to the library. And reminds him that he needed to go entertain the guests. Go talk to your friends. Like I did not invite everyone here for nothing. Oh my god. The building, and keep in mind, this building was built in the 1890s, uh, which, by the way, makes it younger than your house. Um, (laughs) Oh god, how sad is that? By 30 years. (laughs) Oh my god. It's literally one Vander. Your house is one built (laughs) more. And one Eva, and it equals your house. Oh my god. You're 30. Oh, you're 33. I always forget. It's close enough. You're 25. Yeah. Uh, She's younger and yet wiser than all of us. I refuse to believe that Eva is a day older than us. Yeah. Uh, Let me think. Edith. Oh, yeah. She would chase down her husband to make him join the party. So the building uh, was also also had a gym. And on the second floor in the 1890s had a heated illuminated swimming pool. Holy crap. And one of the... It a was heated pool? A heated illuminated pool. Like had lights underneath and everything. Oh, aluminum. I thought you said aluminum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> LOL. I was like, they heated it? That seems dangerous. It was foil. It had foil I in it. I literally pictured a tinfoil pool. Um, <laughs> now that's at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be surprised. That's my bathtub. That's your geothermal pool. <laughs> so it also had one of the very first private bowling alleys in the country. That's cool. And it was one of the first properties to have electricity, indoor plumbing, refrigeration, heat, and hot water. That's pretty cool. And they had its own intercom system throughout the estate and its own fire alarm system. Ooh. So they also, by the way, because it was so big, uh, they even built a private railway line so that family and guests could directly go to the Biltmore. Oh, my God. What was that story told where they would, like, like, fly people in? Or not fly, like railroad them in for some party i feel like that happened back then they would just like casually take over a railroad and like railroad everyone in i I wonder if that was like on the invite it was like oh just just take my personal railway line oh my god like instead of a private jet like all aboard to the party zone that's probably a fun train ride though can you imagine (laughs) oh yeah everyone's party bus everyone's pre-gaming like getting fucked up on the train what's that song about a train oh what there's a few of those i'm sure i'm bobbing my head you know the one a crazy train? Yes, that's oh. the one. 
Wow, I'm I was like party train. It's it's something like Ozzy Osbourne or something. Yeah, maybe that's the one. I'm going off the rails on a crazy train. No, see, that's not what I'm thinking. Oh, about. that's what I was thinking. I of. mean, I think I thought that that's what I was thinking about. I wrote a song about train. <laughs> Chattanooga Choo Choo. No, oh, that's the one. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of Love Shack. Never mind. I'm confused. I got me a Chrysler the size of a whale. <laughs> that one. Chattanooga choo choo. Since about 20. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Remember when we were like, let's make this extremely efficient. Right. We were like, oh, let's record this really fast. Ooh. And now we're Googling Chattanooga choo choo. Train of love. Wait, that's, I wrote that for you. Thank you. You're welcome. I love it. Um, okay. Getting back to this. All night, all night train. Hate train. That's what Metallica hate train. Oh, that's the one? No. I just... <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sorry. It was about a train. Never mind. We're, uh, is there some sort of pun about us like going off the rails right now, or hmm, I can't think of a pun about going off the rails. We're going off track. Oh, I thought it, the pun I thought was off the rails. Maybe like the railroad rails. We're not doing this well. At off all. the track, off track, off rail. People are very like slowly turning down the volume. Oh now. God, <laughs> they're like, sorry, honey. I thought maybe this was the episode to introduce <laughs> you to, but clearly we need to start on a less insane episode i can't handle this okay moving on from the train there was a railway line let's just put it's it gonna be like that. tesla where i scream it in like four hours <laughs> you'll, you'll scream it on stage during oh, another episode no! that audience is gonna be like what the fuck are you talking my about my dad's gonna be and like you'll be like uh listen on monday you'll find out <laughs> oh no okay sorry go on the building was also designed to have secret passageways and hidden rooms shut up and it was designed to blend in with the walls and decor so you wouldn't even know that they were there. Very secret. Which gave me a lot of ideas because I have told Allison if we ever get a house together. By the way, she's from a family of three architects. Right, that's true. And I have demanded a minimum of two secret passageways sure. in our house. So of course. this just gave me a list of options. Um, I'm going to start calling all the cracks and holes secret passageways. That makes it sound better. Yeah, for ants. They are little secret passageways. <laughs> for ants. <laughs> I thought you meant like for, because I have seven ants on my mom's side. I was like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> put I them for the insects. Shove them all in there. Uh, so the secret rooms uh, used to provide added privacy, but they were also used to keep the servants hidden while moving between rooms. So that oh, everything, that's just rude. I mean, that was not the best aspect of yeah. this house. But it was just to like guests wouldn't feel like they were in the mix of like behind the scenes chaos got it it was to make everything look very neat and formed and right right right. um so there was a breakfast room which i will also have in my house uh also have a second breakfast and a third breakfast and first lunch obviously all the way through third dinner third dinner Um, and then many midnight 2 a.m 1 a.m 2 a.m 3 a.m well there's also like at least 10 snack rooms right so snack room uh so the breakfast room is also considered the informal dining room for them. Oh, sure. And there was a door actually hidden in the wall there leading to the butler's pantry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the library had passageways to guest rooms, a hidden hallway, and a tiny reading space called the den. That is adorable, and I want to have that. I think it's really, like, to have a little crawl space for your, your nook. To, like, read books in there? That's so cute. I love that. I would love I that. I hope it doesn't get scary. I've truly forgotten these notes, so I hope the den doesn't become a haunted space. Oh, 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 oh got it. I hope so, too. That would make me sad. There's also a billiard room that uh, had a secret door by the fireplace that led to a smoking and gun room. <laughs> I hope I have one of those, too. <laughs> Where the men on Sundays would use that room for drinking brandy and smoking cigars and then... So they're shooting their guns. <laughs> so the billiard room was a secret door 
uh, had a secret door to the smoking room, and then the smoking room had a secret door to the gun room. Holy shit! They're okay. like Russian nesting eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the estate also had a trap door in the floor to store extra plants for uh, in the garden. Okay. So what? like, okay. So they would switch out the plants based on the oh, season. Oh my god. Uh, and they also had a secret closet in George's bedroom specifically. So we had a closet and then a secret closet. <laughs> Why not? For all of his extra secret clothes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there is also an underground tunnel connecting to a dairy barn, which is Whoa. now, it's now a winery. So it's even, Whoa! even more fun. I'm going to have all of this. Allison? I know. Maybe I'll marry Allison and okay. uh, make her build me a house. I'll marry, I'll marry Blaze and then complain about all of my headaches and think that <laughs> I'm going to die in five seconds. <laughs> Can I eat this Excedrin? It smells like vinegar. I truly, I've, so there are times where I don't even ask Christine's permission. I just immediately text Blaze. You don't need my permission to text Blaze. Well, I feel like Blaze is later going to tell you my, like, my psychotic brain. Like, I basically. Oh, I, I know it. Don't worry. I reach out to Blaze whenever I think that there's a minimal chance I'm going to die. Right. And so. Which is often. Our all of our entire text feed and all that I've known him is just me asking ridiculous questions about my health <laughs> that, like, are not emergencies, but I treat them like I they are. I love it. And I'm just always nervous that he's going to, like, one day meet up with you and be like, so this is what M told me today. This is what M thinks uh, is going to kill him today. You usually tell me before he does. Anyway, last time I texted him, I was uh, taking Excedrin that tasted like straight up vinegar. Yeah. And I was like, Blaze, I think I'm going to go throw these pills up unless you tell me not to. And then he didn't text me back quick enough. And I was like, I think I have to throw up pills. And, and then, then he was like, please don't. And then he was like, please don't. They're he, fine. He texted me like, please tell him to not make themselves throw up, please. I thought, you. well, because then I did uh, my own Google basically WebMD thing. Yeah. Where they said that if they taste like vinegar, it's because some part of the drug is now starting to decompose. Oh. And that made me think that I was going to eat. Decompose and die? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm eating decomposed chemicals? I think I'm going to die. <laughs> okay. So uh, anyway, so there was an underground tunnel connecting to a dairy barn, which is now a winery. Got it. And George and his wife, uh, like... It was suggested earlier, but George and his wife often hosted lavish parties for socialites near and far. Um, clearly, George was not a fan since he was always running away from the guests and going exactly. to the library. Smart. But in 1914, George died in the home from complications during appendicitis. Aww. And Edith was convinced that George could still hear her. And so she would uh, sit by the fireplace. Oh, no. One of 65, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and make s'mores. <laughs> <laughs> make s'mores. And she would talk to him each night um, as if he could still hear her. Aww. And when she died later, the Biltmore was passed on to their daughter, Cornelia. Aha! Eke Romane. Puella, Puella S. Un Puella nomine Cornelia took over the house. Yes. And uh, Ooh. I see, I Ooh. 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 I am a I'm a polyglot. You are a polyglot. Many languages. Many, many, upon many. Uh and then Cornelia passed it down to her sons. So in nineteen thirty, the building was open to the public during the Great Depression to help the city make money. So okay. they like funded tours. Um and in 1942, it was temporarily closed to house rare artwork, but then opened again in the fifties. And then by 1964, it had become a national or a historic landmark, and today it is now owned and operated by a descendant of the Vanderbilts named also William. And uh, the estate has been in many films, including Patch Adams and Forrest Gump. Aww. And today it is a shopping district with a vineyard, like I said, plus restaurants, and it is one of North Carolina's biggest attractions with over a million visitors per year. That's cool. So these are now the ghosts. Okay. 
All right. So remember when I said George loved being in his library? Correct. So people have reported a shadow figure in the library, uh, usually when a storm is coming. Oh, my God. Which oh is my precious. God, oh, my God. That is cute. And when he died and Edith began take, uh, began talking to him every night by the, one of the 65 fireplaces. Right. Um, the servants started then noticing feeling presences around the house. Oh. So I think that was the beginning because she might have accidentally opened a portal. <gasps> oh, shit. Okay. And uh, they sensed that the spirit was mostly in the library, which is where George loved to be, uh-huh. and also in his favorite sitting room. Okay. Okay. Um, after Edith uh, died, they still heard her in the library talking to him. Oh. But what's cool is sometimes they would hear a one-sided conversation of her talking to a George out there in the world. And sometimes they heard a conversation between her and George. Stop it. So it was like they were finally talking to each other again. They're reunited. Uh, And it feels so good. he's like, come back. She's like, come back and talk to your friends. I invited all your friends. Don't hide from me. We have an eternal party going on (laughs) forever now. These poor nightmares. Uh, Many people have also reported hearing a a woman whispering George near the library as if she was chasing him to, like, get him out of there to go play with his friends. Oh, my. And uh, people have heard sounds of an ongoing party, a.k.a. glasses clinking, laughter, and music. It really is like a never-ending party. Truly. Truly. He's, like, just rolling his eyes right now. Poor guy. People have also heard laughing and splashing in the pool, even though it's now empty and unused. The aluminum one? The aluminum pool. Got it. And people feel someone staring at them from the top of the stairs, and guests and staff have also felt someone bump against them on the stairs, quote, as if someone lost their footing and sagged into me for a second and then continued down. Someone had too much champagne. Someone is getting fucked up. Someone Someone is having a blast. That never-ending party. They they were really pre-gaming on that train. (laughs) They're not hiding in the library. The the train, the hate train. (laughs) The hate train. They were really getting wild on the hate train. Oh, my God. Uh, so there's an apparition of a man in a striped suit, and he's seen sitting at a table in the sitting room with his back turned to you. Oh, God. Um, many have also seen him uh, sitting there and then realized that the chair was actually roped off and nobody could have gotten to the chair. Oh, ooh. And so when they approach it, wondering how someone got there, they look in the chair and he's already vanished. Ooh. And, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm practicing out some new sound effects. Uh, don't, don't stop. Is it working? It is. I wrote that for you. Thank you. And then uh, there's also, apparently on only on Sundays near the smoking slash gun room, there is intense cigar smells that seep through the building and you can like try to find where the smell's coming from and it always leads back to the smoking room, but nobody's there. Oh. Um, apparently employees have also heard furniture moving above them and when they go check, nobody's Ooh, there. Ooh, that's creepy. It's common for people to report that they feel nauseous or in danger as they get closer to the pool. Oh. And once they reach the pool, their sickness turns into a full-blown panic attack. But oh, God. It, but once they leave, the illness slowly starts fading away. So it's like, basically the closer you get to this it's pool. like contact. Yeah, yeah. Like the more you're like vibing off of its angry energy oh, or something. Oh, God. Okay. Weird. A lot of people have also seen shadow people walking in the empty pool. Uh, What? And they apparently these shadow figures glide faster than living people can run. Fuck that so hard. No, thank you. So awful. Get out of here with that. Apparently the shadow figure, when she's gliding as fast as she possibly can, Uh she's also scream crying. Ah! (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, ah! Oh, your sound effects are uh, good too, Em. I haven't practiced as well as you, clearly. (laughs) 
That's terrible. There's one guest. I remember during the show, you said something about like, oh, Forrest Gump and Patch Adams in the pool would be terrified if they saw the thing. And then I said, run, Forrest, run. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, don't you like when we retell jokes that we already said? (laughs) I remember it it was funnier definitely when it with the delivery then when it happened. (laughs) I just remember as soon as I I saw Forrest Gump on my notes, I was like, oh yeah, I said a run Forrest run joke. It was uh, relevant at some point in the next page and a half. People clapped. Don't worry, they thought we were funny then. You had to be there. Trust us. You don't think we're funny right now? Someone did at some point. It was hilarious. Eva told us later when we were like, (laughs) what happened? She was like, you were so funny. You're so funny. Uh, she would never lie to us. Not even a little bit. So uh, other accounts near the pool uh, are basically people say that they feel like they are drowning while just standing by the pool. Well, no. Thank you. And they've also been able to recall past lives. Oh, my God. What? But what's interesting is if you've never been able to recall your past lives before, it's like, are you really recalling your past life or someone else's <gasps> life? Or you're just like seeing flashes who, of something. Of like someone who died there. Yeah. Ooh, spooky. Okay. Many people have reported splashing sounds, and sometimes they are accompanied by a diabolical laughter coming from the drain. <laughs> what? That sounds like a like a bad Halloween movie. It sounds like the shower scene in It. Yes! Oh my god. <laughs> How weird. So, staff and guests have both heard heavy footsteps and then seen a tall shadow figure around the corner. Nah. People have reported icy cold spots in rooms and feeling gusts of wind hit their neck in closed rooms without drafts. Um, People feel dizzy and they feel paranoid that they're in danger in Edith's room. And they also feel water dripping on their arms. Mm -mm. Oh, you can go. No, no, you're fine. Eva's like, fuck you guys. Uh, Oh, no. I (laughs) I didn't see her get up. I thought for sure that the house was just screaming at me. Um, So, blah, blah, blah. So... Oh, yeah, water dripping on your arm sounds like an awful experience. That's, is it? And there's actually water on no. it? No. Oh, it just feels you just, like it? It just feels oh. like something won't... So you can't even get it off or anything. Or, like, even when you walk away, it's still dripping no, on you. No, that's disgusting. Um, also, people have felt something tug on their shirts and pants with a strong force, so it's definitely not the wind. They feel something moving uh, yeah, on yeah, no. And employees have heard a girl at night crying and uh. allegedly found a diary of a woman... <gasps> Who, that was it, the diary was there, and it was of a woman whose children had died on the property. Oh my god! There are reports of unexplained screams and a little girl giggling <gasps> or speaking directly to you. Uh-oh. Either is awful. Both are terrible. People hear chatter. They try to follow the sound, but the voices can never be found. Uh, and the creepiest thing I've ever heard of is Uh-oh. that apparently in the gardens are headless cats like ah! ghosts of headless cats oh no so apparently they just all scamper about. i forgot about these stupid things christine said something during the live I show was like about oh, are they dead and you were like yeah they're ghosts and i was like oh i thought maybe it was like a breed i had never heard of like they're headless cats in the garden i was like like they were just like chickens that run around with yeah. their heads off well like hemingway's house in key west all the cats have bred and have six, six toes. toes yeah yeah and so i was like maybe it's just a weird breed that's <laughs> a weird new to a me a weird thing with Without a mouth or eyes or a brain <laughs> or, brain. or a consciousness. A spinal cord, it just somehow exists. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, apparently there's a ghosts of headless cats that just scamper about. I there. don't like how that may, may have come about. I don't like how it came about mm-hmm, at all. I don't like that. But I do like that they seem to not give a Be shit. Be having fun? Yeah, they're having a blast. Sure, yeah. I mean, you can't tell. They don't have many emotions. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. You can't tell by their facial expressions. I hope they're having fun. They Their body language su- suggests that they're having... It's good. A, Quite a time. I'm going to accept that as the answer. So there's one episode of, uh, there's a podcast called Laughing in the Dark Podcast. Ooh, which, which is us. Which is us, basically. 
I had never heard them before, but I actually, I gave them a listen for this episode, and I really, really liked it. Okay. Um, there was a guest on the show named Kelly who worked at the Biltmore Ooh. and told employee stories about a little girl there that is supposedly a ghost named Olivia. Ooh, I love employee stories. I love employee yeah. stories. Yeah. Except Eva's employee stories. Yeah, that, like, don't listen us to those. Like shit. I know. Uh, They're all lies. <laughs> uh, so basically, there's a a ghost girl there named Olivia. And so all of these stories are about experiences Olivia. with Olivia at the Biltmore. Aww. So Olivia was a little girl that used to uh, go to the Biltmore with her mom who worked there on the dairy farm. Okay. And oh, when okay. the mom worked there, Olivia would play in the fields while her mom worked. And one day there happened in the field to be a small stampede and uh, cows crushed her. <gasps> so no, baby. She didn't make it, but... Uh, that was the beginning of her journey as a ghost, and she is apparently very well known to mess with people and likes to play around on the estate. Um, people find little child footprints on the ground after the floor has been cleaned and the building's locked up. One electrician actually got into an empty elevator, and then the doors closed, uh, pressed the button, and behind him heard a little girl say, uh, "Going down." Ah! <laughs> that was so scary. <laughs> Uh, we should try my uh, little elevator later and see what happens. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, and then we'll hear the ants and their little secret passageways. <laughs> Going down? Oh, God. Uh, one worker was in the basement uh, when he was done. And when he was done working, he looked back to make sure that the room was clear. And he saw what looked like a light moving around. Um, I guess when he was looking out, there was a window or a, uh, a barrier separating another part of the room. So Got it. Two sections to the room. So he was in room one and then was looking and saw through the window into room two that there was a light wandering around. Got it. And so he thought, oh, that must be the security people wondering if I'm still down here. So I'll just go find them and tell them that I'm down here. Mm -hmm. Only five steps in, apparently the light had already flown over 100 yards (gasps) down the corridor and around a corner. Oh, God. So it was just like zooming past him. It's that lady gliding around. I no. He was back. I, li- I thought that was a fucking ghost. Sorry. You didn't hear her come in? No. <laughs> Oops. No, I just dropped everything. <laughs> that was I literally saw Eva and then that happened and I was like, it's the lady, the ghost lady. That's why you said that. The shadow person. Maybe. I thought you thought that like the ghost I was talking about might be the lady. And- no, that is what I was talking about. But then I heard a crash and went, and she's here. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Uh, wow. I like how we can be frightened in the daytime in our own. Watch. I'm watching what's happening. In your childhood bedroom. In my childhood bedroom. So uh, so anyway, he thought, okay, I'm going to go find security. <laughs> she and- chopped the cuts for <laughs> They're the ones that I got when I lived in Berlin and I went to the soccer match and they gave me Glühwein, like the hot mold wine in these little cups with these weird soccer players on them and I collected them. And Oh, shit. They're really cool. And he even there. just said, I had to look at them. <laughs> I had to throw them on the floor. So uh, he was like, okay, I'm going to go, like, let security know that I'm here. So he's trying he's trying to turn the corner, and then, like, the light just flies down the corridor. Oh, uh, fuck Like, that. much faster than a human should be. Able but to. I was thinking of the gliding lady. Yeah, yeah. Meant, yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the light's flying down, and so he can't get to it in time, so he shouts down the corridor and goes, hello? Fresh? <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I did that on stage because I remember going, someone else is going to do it. I have to beat them to the punch. You have to beat them at your own game. Ugh. 
And uh, then a second later, after shouting hello, he heard a little girl giggle and shout back, Mama. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, giggling? Giggling. Grotesque. Yeah. Which means, like, she knew it wasn't Yes, Mama. that's what she freaks fucking me out. Knew. Going down. And Mama. Going down. <laughs> and then, uh, and then finally, I said that her footprints get shown a lot in closed rooms. <gasps> so one time. They were opening up the gift shop and they found one little child footprint, but uh-uh. it was wet as if it had been in a pool or something. Oh, my God. And it was by itself in the center of the room, which oh my- means Ew. that it just like touched down and it, then- like it touched down and then like she like hopped away on her dry left Ew. foot or, or something. what if she just like leaped like a spring heel jack, like one oh, foot in? That's that's one. dangerous that's with a wet foot. Very fright. That is true. Ooh, she's OK. She's living on the edge, man. That's I mean, clearly it sounds like she's having fun in the pool, though. That's good. Yeah, maybe. Finally, someone's having a good time in that pool. With the demon in the drain. Maybe that's her giggling in there. Oh, yeah, down in the drain. <laughs> Diabolical laughter. Anyway, that is the Baltimore estate. Oh, my so. God. That was one of my favorite, favorite stories. Oh, really? Yeah, I really like that one. Oh, awesome. It's just so wild and, like, different and random and creepy. I do and we can, can go there. Well, I haven't been, but I want to go. We can go. I also, I think my mom and I might be visiting Asheville soon. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you should go for she sure. She wants to have. She wants to do like a, a getaway, and Asheville getaway. is on our list. Okay. I don't know. I hear wonderful things. You've been right. Uh yeah yeah I have. I, I yeah. that sounds lovely. Can't wait to go with you. You want me to hold, it? You want me to hold this? <laughs> sure. Now? Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? 
We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink um cool well that was fun now i'm gonna tell you a story this is the one that i one of the ones that i told in san diego oh yay which was feels like a long time ago that was like january feels like centuries ago it i was. definitely don't remember whatever you're about to tell me good i don't really either so good luck yay to me Okay, so this is the story of Dana Sue Gray. Um, okay, this is just a wild ride, so buckle up. Cool. Let me readjust. Oh, yeah, please do. Let me get comfy. My bed is very creaky and old, so. Surprise! What a surprise that is, huh? This is definitely not the way that we are usually positioned. To be fair, it's not that much less professional than usual. Oh, no, it's definitely but not. It's not any more or less professional. The setup is definitely different. <laughs> it's usually, there's just a lot less ambient sound. That is true. Unless Gio and Oliver are around. Oh, baby. Oh, I miss them. Okay, so on February 16th, 1994. Oh, by the way, I just sometimes check that because I get paranoid that it's... Okay, so gotcha. Okay, gotcha. I'm just paranoid. Okay. Do you guys like that we're talking about the rec- <laughs> This is our first time using this, <laughs> we so we're, we're nervous that it might not, that it might just stop halfway Eva through. had to teach us how to use it. It looks very fancy. Which, by the way, has happened before. There have been episodes before Eva yeah. where all of a sudden we were recording and then we just, realized after we did our entire stories like the entire episode that we never pressed record uh, and then we were like um time to do it um, again so remember how just forget everything I just said I want to tell it again <laughs> yeah now oh, Eva comes over and goes oh, you're making fine. me nervous <laughs> She says it's going, so we're fine. I feel like I feel like one day when Eva like writes a tell-all about oh being our assistant, it's going to be called "You're making me nervous." You're making me ner- <laughs> you're making me nervous, comma every other bad emotion you could think of. <laughs> oh God, the Eva story. The Eva story. Okay, so Dana Sue Gray on February sixteenth, nineteen ninety four, in a gated community called Canyon Lake, about an hour outside of San Diego. Okay. Um. Oh, that's where it takes place. Oh, good. The way that I write my live show notes, like, I talk in a different way to myself. Uh-huh. I don't know. Anyway. Because <laughs> uh, I'm expecting the audience to, like, yell about some place that I said, so I, it doesn't matter. I do have a question. Yes. Since we're talking about the recording. Is there a reason why this says 47 minutes and that says 29? Yes, because this thing, uh, you're making even nervous. Oh, <laughs> Just I'm kidding. sorry. No, this thing, uh, after a minute, I accidentally hit add flag, or I did something, and then it was, like, continue recording, and then I, like... But it's been recording. Yes, there's two, it's split there's two, into two I see. separate. Okay. Yeah. We're good, Eva. For we're now. good. We're good. I also realized that this entire time we're recording, I have just been like totally just like mooning Eva with my, my booties. Just oh. so, This is like definitely not the position Eva's used to. To be fair, I've seen her face and she didn't seem phased. Oh, so. good. Yeah, I, she's think, like, I think she's seen worse out. from both of us. <laughs> she's like, that checks out. <laughs> You're like, there's, <laughs> there's a crack in a hole and... <laughs> Don't worry. And we're all a little moist because of the geothermal AC not working. <laughs> the geothermal. Geo Aww. baby. Did I tell you about my dream that I had that I no. had um I had a snuggle fest with Geo? 
Did I tell you I that? I don't think so. And oh, wait, I, maybe. I think I woke up and read it and fell back to sleep. Oh, well, we had, I, we did another snuggle fest and then, this was like a couple weeks ago. I had oh, this then I don't know. And, uh, and he was so sleepy the whole time. And so I named him Yanni Giovanni. Oh, that is right. I did tell Blaze about this. Oh. He's like, that's really clever. I was like, it's M subconscious. Listen, so look at you go. Always thinking about him. Anyway, we're in the Grand Canyon slash California. So we're called, it's called, we're not in the Grand Canyon. You're in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> we're in the, <laughs> a gated community called Canyon Lake. Canyon Lake. Okay. Um, about an hour outside of San Diego. Um, so a woman named Alice Williams, who lives there, begins to grow concerned about her neighbor, 86-year-old Norma Davis. Okay. Alice has not heard from her in several days and knows, knows that she lives alone, and she's older, so she goes to check on her. She enters the house, climbs up to the loft where Norma likes to sit in her lazy boy and watch TV. That's right, Norma. In her little afghan, her crocheted afghan. Hey, girl! And she finds Norma dead in <gasps> the armchair. Oh, no. She has been stabbed ten times. <gasps> And two of her own kitchen knives... Oh, shit. ...are plunged all the way to the hilt in her neck and her chest. Get the fuck out. Hey, I know, it's terrible. Oh, my God. I'm adding more detail now that it's not live, so... Yeah, sorry, I was going to say, this is, like, very... I would have remembered that on a live show. I left out the to the hilt part in uh-huh. the live show. Uh, but yeah, yes. we try to keep them a little more tame a little, during live shows because we just yes. don't want to trigger anything. To be too... Ups- yeah. yeah. This you can pause and stop. A live yeah. show is less less uh, controllable. You, you don't get to like really walk off and like breathe for a second. <laughs> you could, but yeah, it's a little more difficult. Um, okay, so her phone cord had also been ripped out from the wall and wrapped around her neck like to strangle her. Holy shit. Other than a broken fingernail, though, she had no other marks. I know, Ooh, I know you don't like fingernails. That's just as bad to me. I know. <laughs> They're I know all much, bad. Oof, I know how much you hate fingernails. Um, so it was, like, insanely brutal, especially in this, like, gated community with older people. Like, it didn't, it just, like, shocked everybody. Um, now, as we know, at least I think we know, typically the more brutal the attack, the more intimately the killer right. knew the victim. is like, hands-on, kind of. Because, like, it, it meant more. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, like, more passionate, more crime yeah um so the documentary i watched explained that and then had a super helpful reenactment it's from like actual helpful nope (laughs) it's from like 1998 or something oh shoot i wish i had written it down um it was something on youtube i think but uh they had this like reenactment and then a man says uh it's it's like two detectives and the one turns to the other and goes with this much violence it's probably someone she knew and then there's a pause and the other guy turns around and goes definitely Oh, good. And I was like, this is what I'm taking notes on. That just took 15 seconds of my life. That was Forensic Psych 101. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So these are actually, they were meant to be two detectives that were actually on the case, and the actors were reenacting their experience. Got it. Um, And their names were Greco and Bentley. Which I wrote here sounds like... It sounds like Rizzoli and Isles or something. Yes, because I said, sounds like a CBS procedural or a comic book about dogs. Because I was like, hmm. It sounds like it could be... Greco and Bentley's also... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like either dog names or like cheesy crime show names but that were the that was actually their names um so greco and bentley discover that the killer left a clue in the entryway it was a shoe print of a nike sneaker Ooh! and so they search for evidence and uh as they're looking around the crime scene a 61 year old woman named helen niles arrives at the scene and in the reenactment the woman rushes up and greco turns to her without any prompting she's just this lady runs up to the scene he turns to her goes there's been a murder. Oh, just warning her straight and off the bat. And she's like, I mean, I'm just like, this is, seems very realistic. Yes. <laughs> There's been a murder. There's been a murder <laughs> in Savannah. And then she goes, oh no, who? And then he says, the lady who lives in the house. <laughs> Good. Um, Quality so acting. So obviously I'm not going to tell the story as well as the reenactment did, but um, I'll try. 
So <laughs> Helen is beside herself because she says she is daughter, Norma's daughter-in-law and caretaker. So the woman uh, is her... So the woman is... Sorry. This lady, Helen, uh-huh. is Norma's daughter-in-law. Right. And she also helps take care of her. Got it. So despite being distraught, uh, she raised the de- detective's suspicions running to the crime scene and everything, especially because she arrived on the scene wearing Nike sneakers. Oh. Uh, she told police she'd been there the night before to drop off some groceries, but since then, but she hadn't talked to Norma. She heard the TV upstairs and assumed she had fallen asleep in her lazy boy. Um, but they thought this was odd because she had said she was the care t- caretaker and they were like, well, wouldn't you have gone up and just said right. hello or check right. on her? Um, so they were like, let's keep tabs on this lady. Meanwhile, they add other suspects to the list, including gardeners, maintenance workers, anyone who had access to the house or kind of knew the neighborhood, but nobody really stood out as suspicious. Uh, meanwhile, the neighborhood was in total panic. Like I said, um, everyone's kind of like gossiping and trying to figure out who it could be. Obviously, Helen is getting a lot of flack. Um, then less than two weeks later, a woman in Canyon Lake, not the Grand Canyon, uh, decides... <laughs> That's for me to decide. <laughs> Maybe in your version. <laughs> a woman in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> in her lazy boy. <laughs> Hundreds of miles away. Uh, a woman in Canyon Lake decides to go check on her 66-year-old friend June because she had not shown up for their lunch date and she hmm. was worried about her. So now here's the reenactment. The lady just shouts into the door... And goes, June, did you forget about our card game? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Way to really set up the entire I know, scene I know. in five seconds flat. Oh, yeah. So she yells that into the door. And then she's like, huh, and gets no response. So she walks into the house and finds June dead. She had been killed with an item from her own home, like the first murder, uh, just like Norma had with the knives. But this time, June had been killed with her own wine decanter. Oh, that just sounds like a... a- that's awful. That's awful because it's glass, so it's like yeah. smashed. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And then she had also... Also, it's a wine crime. Wine crime! Like our good friends. Yep. Aw, it's made for them. Um, with her own wine decanter and blasphemy, by the way. And right. uh, then she had also been strangled with her phone cord. So they were like, well, uh, this is obviously the same person. Yeah. Same area, same MO. Um, but the weird thing that was happening is that there was no sign of forced entry at either house. So they were like, well, hmm. this person knew how to get into the house or was a friend or right. had access. Um, However, this time police did find a new clue, and that was that June's purse was open in the laundry room with the contents strewn all over the place, except two credit cards were missing. Oh. So the person had taken two cards. Um, So if the neighborhood hadn't gone crazy after the first one, they went absolutely batshit this time around. Everyone is like, oh my god, we're all going to get killed. There's a murderer on the loose. Um, To be fair, I'd probably act the same way, so I shouldn't judge. Uh, (laughs) Police actually created a special tip line just for that, those two murders, because they were getting so many calls from all the neighbors. Oh, shit. Being like, it was so-and-so. It was so-and-so at the card game. It just sounds like <laughs> my, na- my neighborhood growing up. Like, it's just covered in gossip. <laughs> well, you know who it was. <laughs> someone, someone down down the street. I They were looking They were looking funny the other day. They were they, looking funny. I saw them at the grocery store. I saw store. them talking to X, Y, and Z's husband. They were flirting with Isaac Watson. The ultimate crime. Right. That's why Tim always says, like, oh, we love our neighbors. They're super quiet. About the cemetery. I'm like, that's a, the, be- the worst dad joke ever. He They're says it super all the time. quiet about the cemetery. We have such cemetery. quiet and calm neighbors. Yeah, he loves <laughs> You wouldn't even brag. know they're there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. God. The ultimate <sighs> dad joke. He loves it. Um, so, anyway, uh, one tip stuck out to investigators. Um, so, every most of the t- tips were, like, completely innocuous and, like, flirting with neighbors at the grocery store. Um, but one tip stuck out, and that was that uh, a satanic cult was operating in Canyon Lake. Oh, thank God. I know. Or Satan. Something. <laughs> 
Yeah, don't bring God into this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, they found, believe it or not, they were like, what a bullshit, weird thing to call in about. Like, I'm sure that's not right. true. Then they found pentagrams on the golf course. No, LOL. LOL. Okay. This does sound like some shit I did back in high school, though. Also, it does sound like, I mean, I grew up on a golf course yeah. neighborhood, too, so. My dad did, too, and I would literally go on, oh, shit. No, he doesn't listen to this. We would literally go on the golf course and, like, fuck around and... Then they put out in the newsletter, like, somebody's been messing with it. <laughs> well, Selena and I would put anarchy signs everywhere. Well, I love it. We, well, the yeah, best funny. the best part of living on a golf course in an area that snows is that you just had sheets of, yeah, like, yeah. Bl- blanketed, untouched snow. And, like, to, just, like, wavy. To, like, draw all mm-hmm. over or, like, go down a bunch of hills and stuff. Yeah. It was so easy to draw pentagrams on golf course snow. So easy. So easy. So easy. God. God. I know I sound like such like a little satanic prep right now, but like I know I mean I not to brag or anything, not but... to brag, but like I definitely learned how to draw pentagrams yeah. in my golf course probably better than you. Oh my god! Well, I was drawing <laughs> anar- anarchy signs, so like fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll compare notes later. I'm sure on my old digital camera there's some photos. Right, right, right. Um. Oh god, my poor stepmother. Okay. So anyway, right? They're like, oh my god, pentagrams on the golf course. Obviously, there were pictures in this uh, documentary I watched. I mean, fake pictures. But... Right. Sure. So police are now thinking, oh, my God, maybe they're victims of ritual satanic slayings. But again, this is like the early 90s. And it's like that was such a hot topic. Right. It was just just itching to be an option. Yeah. Old people. Sorry, that's rude. Uh, the elderly. The adults in the world love the to blame. The wisest of our generation. The wiser ones like to blame teenagers for being Satanists. And yeah, anyway. I'm pretty sure my grandparents think I probably am some version of. Yeah. Not, I mean, purely on having this podcast alone. They're not that far off, I guess. I know. <laughs> like, well, I do talk about You Satan literally often. just said you put pentagrams on a golf course. Actually, you know what? I think my grandparents are right. <laughs> yeah, they are me. the wisest of our generation. They are wise. Oh, my God. They knew. I'm just going to believe them. I probably We should have done that a long time ago. Just trusted them. <laughs> they know us better than we know ourselves. Um, but then investigators learned that pentagra- the pentagrams are merely, quote, the handiwork of local teens, Em and Christine, yes. experimenting with goth. Mm-hmm. When, oh. I heard that, <laughs> when I heard that line in my hotel room, I literally started screaming. I was watching that documentary. Experimenting was, with goth. If that isn't you. I shriek laughed so hard because it was like, they found pentagrams. There was a satanic ritual slaying. And then they're like, then they found out it was just teenagers and it, experimenting with goth. Holy shit, that was funny. Never, anyway, all I can imagine is like the thickest eyeliner on the <laughs> uh, surrounding your entire eye, <laughs> and then you crying on, on purpose so it dripped oh, a little. I did bit. do that. That was you practicing. I did God. do that, and then my stepmom like found me on the golf course and was like, "Put your uh, Lily Pulitzer dress back on." <laughs> God help me. Anyway. Um, so that lead was a dead end. I do not know why they included it in the documentary. However, I did think it was funny. So I included it in my notes. I love it. Um, so Helen, remember Helen who had this Nike sneakers who showed up? Um, so she's still on the suspect list. And then they find out she lived also, uh, just around the block from June, who was the second victim. So they're like, okay, so now she's close to both of these people. Um, and it turns out she knew both of them very well. So she wouldn't have had to gain entry into their homes. And suddenly she stops returning their phone calls. So Greco and Bentley are dog friends are convinced it's her um but she cooperates so ultimately they get a hold of her and they're like listen we think you did it you need to step up and like give us an alibi or else so she finally steps up and um she gives a convincing alibi and pretty soon they're like well then we don't have anything to hold her right so they cross her off the suspect list very uh 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 what's the word slowly yeah, but like, uh, like dramatically. Well, probably, like, uh, 
I'm so sorry. <laughs> the heat is getting to me. Um, <laughs> like, they don't want to do it. Oh, begrudgingly? Begrudgingly, sure. Yes. Sure, yes, begrudgingly. Good enough. Until the, until the like real world the comes hesitantly. along. hesitantly. Yeah, okay. What's the word? Resistantly? Oh, it starts with an R. Resentfully? Reluctantly! Thank, Thank you, Eva. Eva. Jesus. Everyone on there, I knew everyone was screaming, so I was like, I have to figure it out, because otherwise people are going to yell at me on Twitter. <laughs> reluctantly. 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 I was like, slowly? I was like, literally slowly going like this. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. Anyway. So they were like, we think it might still be here, but we have to cross her off. So they're back to square one. And then three weeks after Norma's death and one week after June's death, police get a call from a local antique shop owner named Dorinda Hawkins. Of course. She really sounds like a 90s. Uh, sounds soap. like an art teacher. Yes. Miss Hawkins. My art teacher's name was Miss Hawkins, Oh, that's actually. why. Wait a minute, that's I was weird. like, huh, that doesn't really sound like that to me, but... Oh, well, no, Dorinda. Dorinda does. Sounded like you are got to be an artsy person. I mean, it makes sense that she owns a local antique shop, Dorinda. Yeah. Yeah, Dorinda's yeah. Antiques. <laughs> uh, so antiques she, by Dorinda. Hey, that's better. Yeah, yeah. in cursive. Yeah, yeah in, for in sure. Te- teal cursive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you and I were thinking the exact same thing. We've been in LA for too long. I know. Oh, God. In the Grand Canyon. No. Yeah, right. Uh, so Dorinda says she was working alone at the shop. When a woman came in to buy a picture frame for a photo of her deceased mother. And she said she needed a a beautiful, ornate photo. So the woman, Dorinda, goes and turns around. And as soon as she turns around, uh, the woman attacks her and strangles her with the telephone cord. Mm. And uh, Dorinda told police that while this woman was strangling her, the woman told her to just relax and let it happen. Oh, shit. Dorinda uh, completely blacked out. Um, she said all she remembers is thinking about her children before blacking out Aww. and thinking, like, this is the last thing I'll ever see is her face. Uh, when she came to, she had survived the attack, obviously, and they think it was because she was wearing a... Dorinda was wearing a very thick turtleneck sweater. Oh, my God. That's that so saved, Dorinda. I know. That's so Dorinda. Can you believe it? So Dorinda survived because the police literally wrote because she was wearing a very thick turtleneck, so... God bless her. Look, let's job. bring back the turtleneck. Anytime Blaze makes fun of my turtleneck sweater from now on. You're like, um, excuse me, this isn't an artisanal turtleneck by Dorinda. By Dorinda! Also, I don't want someone to take my landline phone and strangle me with the cord. Exactly. Duh. We're currently in your mom's house that does have a landline. It has a rotary phone. So, like, it literally has a working rotary phone. So like, I was like, does this work? I was like, I don't know. And I picked it up and I heard a dial tone. And I was like, yep. So I'm pretty sure like you actually are saving That's yourself. That's actually true. While at least here around a landline. Oh my God. Also, my SpongeBob landline. That would be the ultimate crime. That would. That would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Um, anyway, the attacker had taken $5 from Dorinda's purse and $20 from the cash register. Sounds right. After all that. Okay. So this, at the very least, confirmed police's suspicions that the killer was a woman, because Dorinda said a lady had come in and attacked her. Um, Dorinda gave police a description, but it wasn't enough to identify her. And then Greco got a lead. So a credit card company had alerted June Roberts' family of suspicious activity on one of her credit cards. Turns out the killer had gone on a shopping spree. Aww. Aw, how fun. Treat yourself. <laughs> uh, several purchases had been made at department stores, restaurants, health spas, and the purchases totaled thousands and thousands of dollars. So uh, obviously the company was going to call and be like, this does not seem right like, for this 66-year-old lady. Off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Greco followed the paper trail to Temecula, which is still outside of San Diego. I remember everyone going like, aw, because my story was outside. 
<laughs> Oops. Uh-oh. Um, and it followed the paper trail to a hair salon that the stylist described, um, and the, the stylist at the hair salon described the credit card holder as an attractive blonde woman in her late 30s. And they were like, that's weird, because Helen huh. is older and doesn't look, you know, she's not blonde and shouldn't look like that. Um, and the hairstylist, he said the woman had come in for an eyebrow wax and a perm. So fashionable. Love it. Perms I mean, by Dorinda. <laughs> perms by Dorinda. <laughs> Curl up and die by Dorinda. Yes! Oh, God. Um, and so she said, or he said that she had come in for an eyebrow wax and a perm and had had her hair cut and dyed from blonde to red. Mm. He said she also had a five-year-old boy with her and bought him a fashionable haircut. A fashionable. A perm. A fashionable bowl a haircut. A perm bowl cut. <laughs> I mean, if it was the 90s, if we're talking fashion, that was the ice, it tis, was ice tip era. Frosted tips, man. Frosted tip bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> with um, a middle part. With a middle, obviously. Um, the description did not match Helen, obviously, like I said. Um, but the description did match the woman who had attacked Dorinda. Mm. So Greco comes crawling back to Helen, who he's been, like, harassing this whole time. And he's like okay, I know it wasn't you now. I know you said it wasn't you, but now I know it wasn't you, and now we need your help. And oh, she's great. Like, mm, now you need my help. Okay. Right. It's just funny. It's just funny. <laughs> you need my help now. <laughs> um, but she agrees to help, and they said maybe because you know both of the victims and maybe you know the killer. So at first, Helen says she doesn't recognize the composite sketch, but the next day, Greco gets a phone call, um, and for some reason, the phone call was also reenacted. Essentially, the phone on Greco's desk rings, so he walks to the desk, but instead of sitting at his chair, he turns and leans casually against his desk. God. And then answers the phone very naturally and says, oh, Helen, hello. And, like, for literally what a 15 psychic. seconds of my life, that is what I had to watch, so then I made everyone else listen to it for 15 seconds of their life. <laughs> um, apparently, Helen was calling to backtrack. She said she did know who the killer was, based on the sketch, and she didn't call... Or she didn't tell them before because it was her stepdaughter. Oh. Her stepdaughter is a 36-year-old unemployed nurse named Dana Sue Gray. Uh, at first, she didn't fit the description. She seemed to be pretty well-adjusted, had no criminal background. But then Helen was like, you know, I just found out Helen had recently dyed her hair red. Ooh. Oh. So Greco immediately orders a surveillance team to tail Dana secretly mm-hmm. and get a search warrant of her house. And only a few hours later, Dana is placed under arrest. When Greco arrests her, he says, instead of giving the Miranda rights in the in the um, reenactment, he just puts handcuffs on her and goes, I think you know what this is about. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like, that's not how police works. It's literally not how police work. Uh, anyway, in Dana's home, they find June Roberts' credit cards. Oh. Uh, as well as receipts for all the charges she made on the credit cards. They also find a hoard of recently purchased merchandise, including rows of brand new clothes, Thousands of dollars of clothes, bottles of expensive perfume, toys for children, and more than 20 pairs of Nike sneakers. Oh, ho, ho. that'll do it. That'll do it. At police headquarters, Dana calmly denies any involvement. She says she has no idea what they're talking about. She said she simply found June's credit cards on the ground and decided to go shopping. Well, to be fair, Christine, you leave a lot of your shit on the ground. <laughs> I do! That people could just be picking up. <laughs> Someone found my social security card, like, at the bar. Uh, or, like, your health insurance card. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I could use this. That's actually a really good point. It's not like it's impossible that someone dropped their stuff. So basically, if I get murdered, like, they're never going to find my killer because everyone in L.A. Yeah. has a copy of something that exactly. I dropped. Exactly. Oh, exactly. no, I'm screwed. So she's very cool under pressure. She gave no sign she was shaken by the arrest. They're, like, very thrown by this. Um, but Dana also adds that she found another purse near the Albertsons that day. Mm. They're like, okay, so you found two credit cards and you found another purse. She's like, 
Yeah. Um, the purse on the ground had the name. I looked in the wallet and the name was Dora Beebe. And they were like, huh? We were expecting her to say, like, the purse of the other victim. Right. And they're like, who the hell is Dora Beebe? So they decided to check her out and see who she is. Turns out that in Riverside County, so a different set of detectives have been working on a murder that just occurred that day, that morning, oh, wow. of a woman named Dora Beebe. And so it's the same MO. She was an 87-year-old woman who was killed with an object found in her own home. In this case, she was bludgeoned with an iron. Oh, God. That's yeah, awful. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, and strangled with a phone cord. And this had only been hours before. So Dana literally just walked in and was like, weird, I found a purse on the ground with Dora Beebe's name in it. That's interesting like, that she oh, would okay. like, have that information. Exactly. Uh, so they're like, well, she obviously had something to do with this. So while they were surveying her earlier that day, they had no clue that she uh, that she had already killed Dora only minutes before. Oh, then no. they started tailing her. And they were watching her cash Dora's checks at the bank when she was running errands. She had she just had taken all of oh, Dora's purse. And w- then went shopping with um, the little boy with Dora's credit cards. Oh, I haven't told you who the boy is. You'll find out. Okay. <laughs> He's a mystery boy. It seems that way. <laughs> Our favorite. Um, so it's obvious that Dana had chosen easy prey. They were all elderly victims who couldn't really fight back. A lot of them were sick, couldn't like move too well. Um, and the fact that she was a young, friendly woman uh, made it easy for them to let her in their house, which is just terrible. Right, she right. took advantage of that. Uh, she would enter the home under some sort of ruse, like she needed to use the phone. It was an emergency. And then when the victim turned around to get the phone, she would grab whatever item she could reach any heavy item and just smash the woman before grabbing the phone cord and strangling her until she was dead oh shit she would then take all the credit cards and cash she would find and go shopping that's literally all this boiled down to um she explained that just go shopping yes okay she explained she committed the murders to support her overwhelming need to shop oh well well, okay. now, well, now I get it. You now, should have just said that before. Honestly, now I'm on your side. Honestly, now we get it. We yeah. understand. Yeah, yeah, We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> I'm currently in it after all this, like, Avengers Endgame shit <laughs> yeah. is on sale. Eva's like, you're making me nervous again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she was so, like, cool, calm, and collected that during June Roberts' murder, uh, Dana had brought her five-year-old stepson along and left him in the car while she went inside to kill June. Oh, my God. She said, hold on, I have to go chat with my friend for a minute. Went inside, murdered her, and then took her credit cards. And Holy then went shit. back in the car with the boy. And it was like, now who wants ice cream? Then she took him out to lunch on June's credit card. Shut up. Ordering so many crab cakes and shrimp scampi that she couldn't eat it all and had the waiter pack it to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. And then probably got ice cream. That so, makes the most sense, yeah. You'd think so at that point. Um, obviously, shrimp scampi followed by ice cream. So among her other purchases were a 500, so sorry, the five-year-old is her stepson, is also the point that Got I'm it. making. Um, among her other purchases were a $511 black suede jacket and several pairs of cowboy boots, $161 diamond drop earrings, dog treats. I don't believe she had a dog, so they didn't understand huh. that. I mean, she might as well just buy whatever Why she not, wants right? now. Yeah. It's not her Got card. the money. They're dead. Yep. Dog treats, a toy police helicopter. Uh, and Irony. Very, uh, yeah, very uh, telling. And a one, oh, a $1,000 mountain bike. LOL. Okay. Then something I would not buy. Look, with... you, people ride those during the Grand Canyon. Oh, so... that's true. Yeah. Go like uh, mountain biking up the, yeah. oh my God. Um, a purple boogie board, also good for the Grand Canyon. Obviously, there's so much water there. <laughs> 
It would be good for the snowy golf course. Oh, that's that's a fact. <laughs> so, right, a thousand dollar mountain bike, a purple boogie board, and two bottles of Smirnoff vodka. Okay. I, I don't know. For the train at the Biltmore to start pre gaming. Oh my god, the crazy train! Yeah. <laughs> With her purple bit boogie board. She was like the eccentric one for sure. Oh, yeah. She and Dorinda would have gotten along if she didn't <laughs> try to murder her. I know. Um, among her... Okay, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. When given the opportunity by psychologists to express remorse, Dana appeared unsure of what the concept was <laughs> and remained, quote, submerged in her own feelings. Uh, but the case against her was ironclad, obviously. She made a deal to avoid the death penalty by pleading guilty to two counts of murder and one count of attempted murder, Dorinda. She was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole and apparently adapted very quickly to jail, calling it her... <laughs> what? Her country condo. Where she summers. Yes, where she summers. She summers, falls, and winters. Actually, it says county condo. Sorry. Oh. County condo. Oh. Where she jails. Where she jails. <laughs> where she lives forever now. Where she eats only jello. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she harassed the... St- I don't know what. That's a hospital. I don't know what they eat Maybe in jail. Maybe they eat Jello. Maybe. I hope not. I hate Jello. Okay, that's besides the point. Uh, calling her county condo, unless I forgot the R. Who's to say? <laughs> and she harassed the staff to provide uh, and maintain her high maintenance civilian lifestyle. For example, she insisted on a vegetarian diet, bemoaned the absence of a mirror, and demanded visits from her chiropractor regularly. Oh, sounds like a country club. It does, right? Or yeah. a, a, what, what, as a long country as- condo. Or county, what was county it? County condo. Oh, yeah, you forgot the R, yeah. Country condo, county condo, I don't know. Uh, so this is where it gets weird. Apparently that's what I wrote. I, I think it's already been pretty fucking weird, but yeah. I wrote that Let's here. see Let's where this see goes. Where happens, I don't know. Uh, oh, well, yes it does. In jail she liked to draw clown faces as a hobby. Well, she needs to stop drawing me. <laughs> She's like, hmm, I see in my mind. My eye. next victim. Oh, my God. Next victim. Wait till you're elderly. Right. Uh... So I wrote, she liked to draw clown faces a la John Wayne Gacy, making paint out of the candy coating of M&M's, cherry drink mix, blue eyeshadow, lipstick, and baby powder. When her family brought her a new pair of Nikes that she had insisted they bring, she refused them and demanded the more expensive models that she was accustomed to. Okay. If they're not Air Mags, then yeah. I don't want them. <laughs> the, either the Dragon Ball Z one, Blaze ones, or the uh, Back to the Future ones you want. Um, but simultaneously, she felt very sorry for herself. She regularly said things like, I am a 36-year-old little girl with a broken heart, lost in a system that's hell-bent to destroy her. I am vulnerable. Okay. Idiot. Vulnerable? She literally murdered elderly women yeah. to go shopping. Right, right, right. For mountain bicycles. <laughs> and boogie boards. That's the, the log line of this story. Too long, didn't read. That's what happened. Uh, So anyway, Dana Sue Gray is currently serving a life sentence with no chance of parole at Central California Women's Facility in Chowchilla, California. And that is the story of Dana Sue Gray. Oh, damn. Damn. The end. That was the laptop closing, guys. The end. I love that. Anyway, so thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. And sorry again for this audio quality, but we sure (laughs) hope the story quality was A+. (laughs) We wanted to do one of them, right? Yeah. Um, Hard to do both. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We will be back with our regular programming uh, <laughs> next next week. Uh, Thanks to viewers like, like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you would like to, 
listen to other better quality episodes, you can go to thatswhywedrink.com. Mm-hmm. You can also follow our socials at ATWWD Podcast, and you can... You can buy tickets to Madison for this week. You could certainly do that. Please. Uh, I think there's VIP left, so There's also... Uh, is Albany in... Oh, yeah. Albany, New York, and then we're also still going to Long Island... Yes. ...and Huntington, New York in May. Yes. Long so, Island and Albany. Check those out, too. Please, please, please come to those. Uh, there are last shows? There are our very last shows. Yeah. Um, and so... We're excited to see you guys there. Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, merch. We've got um, our personal Twitters and Instagrams if you'd like to follow our journey traveling. The our country. journeys, yes. Our globe trotting, if you will. Our globe trotting. Um, and then you can also like check out Eva's too. Uh, you can check out her personal. Yes. Uh, EW Gross with three S's. And then you can also <laughs> follow her podcast, Paranormal Captivity, you if you'd like to see her in like morse code tell you to come save her from us <laughs> there's like hidden messages <laughs> um and that's it i guess i think that's it guys thank you for listening and that's why we drink Woo! oh no it didn't record I'm just kidding. <laughs> hi max i wanted to share something with you i wanted to tell you how grateful i am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one i'm grateful for how you changed your life i'm grateful for the love you have for me I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.